Father, our God, we want to thank you so very much for your word. For in it is all the wisdom we need. And Father, as we have your word read to us and preached to us today, please open our ears to listen, but also open our hearts to take it on board, to allow it to change our lives. We pray this in your precious name. Amen. The tongue has the power of life and death. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Without wood, a fire goes out. Without a gossip, a quarrel dies down. As charcoal to embers and as wood to fire, so is a quarrelsome person for kindling strife. All hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. Do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you yourself will be just like him. Answer a fool according to his folly, or he will be wise in his own eyes. Kings take pleasure in honest lips. They value the one who speaks what is right. An honest answer is like a kiss on the lips. Even fools are thought wise if they keep silent and discerning if they hold their tongues. Those who guard their lips preserve their lives, but those who speak rashly will come to ruin. The one who has knowledge uses words with restraint, and whoever has understanding is even-tempered. To answer before listening, that is folly and shame. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. A person finds joy in giving an apt reply, and how good is a timely word. The heart of the righteous weighs its answers, but the mouth of the wicked gushes evil. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, and the flowers fall, but... The word of the Lord 
endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. Thank you, Alex. Let me pray for us before we begin again. Our Father, you promised in your word that those who ask for wisdom will receive it. So, Father, we come to you and we ask for your wisdom. We need it. We need it so much. Uh, we pray, as we heard last week, Father, that you might cause within our hearts that deep, real, holy, thankful, trusting, joyful fear of you um, in the knowledge of the gospel and what you've done for us in Jesus. And Lord, may that flow out into every aspect of our lives. And today we think especially of how we speak, how we speak to one another, uh, how we speak to our world. And uh, Father, there's not one of us who doesn't carry regrets and scars and burdens in this area. Um, we pray for um, your healing and forgiveness through the cross of Christ. We pray for your renewal by your spirit that we might live wisely in this area, that we might be those who have life-giving words to say. Um, please work within us to make us a community of life-giving words, and we pray that for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, uh, if you're visiting with us, hopefully you've picked up, we're taking time out over January in what we're calling our summer series to look at this book of Proverbs. We could spend a lot longer in it, um, but we're just taking four weeks out. Uh, the first week, last week, uh, we kind of was foundational for the series, so if you missed that, it may be worth going back and listening to that on the website. Uh, but the next, this week and the next three weeks, we're going to look into some really um, sort of specific issues, but uh, we're going to think about what Proverbs says about the good life. Uh, lots of things might come to your mind when you think about what the good life is. Uh, family, friends, going on holidays, maybe Victor Harbour in the summer. Uh, maybe that's the good life. I reckon it's a pretty good life. Um, we saw last week, though, that living in Proverbs, living well in this world, all has to do with living in a way that lines up with how the world was made, that lines up with the way God made us. And we use this image of uh, woodworking, um, uh, we use the image of woodworking. It's a, just a really helpful way to picture what's going on in Proverbs. Um, uh, when you're, carrying to, uh, when you're um, carving something in wood, we thought about this last week, you, you kind of got to go, you've got to go with the grain of the wood. So you can see in the picture there, if you go uh, with the grain, you can get that nice smooth, um, uh, smooth carve. Uh, if you go against the grain, though, that's when uh, things start to get messed up. So the, the bit of wood has a grain to it, a direction that the fibres are lined up in, uh, and that's just a reality. There's no, point, there's no point in saying, look, I really just don't like this grain. Um, I'm just going to go my own way here with when I'm carving this bit of wood and just pretend the grain's not there. There's no point in doing that. Uh, you'll just make a mess of things. And what Proverbs says is the universe has a grain to it, a way it's been made. Uh, a way it's been formed and created and designed. And living well, living wisely, means lining yourself up, living with the grain of the universe and not trying to cut against it. 
lining your life up with it, not against it. And we saw last week the, uh, the basic fundamental starting point of all of this is what Proverbs calls the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. Uh, for us, this side of Jesus, uh, that fear looks like uh, a humble, trusting awe of God that the gospel brings us into. That's where we start this, through faith in Christ, having this awe, this humble, thankful awe of the God who we can trust. If that's not in place, that's the bedrock, that's the foundation. Um, If that's not in place, um, then you will not, according to Proverbs, you, you won't be able to live wisely, ultimately, lined up with the way the world is, the way it works. And so as I said, the, for the rest of the series, we're going to take one theme each week. Um, there's a lot of gold in the first nine chapters of Proverbs that we're going to miss this time, or hopefully another time we'll come back to it. We're going to really focus on uh, most of the book of Proverbs, which is all these sayings, and we're going to uh, sort of gather them in a few themes. Next week, we'll see what Proverbs says about family and family life. Uh, the week after, we're going to think about friendship. The Proverbs has a lot to say about friendship, a really crucial part of life. But this week, we're going to think about a, bit, a, a part of life that is so fundamental that we don't often think about. Um, it's how we use our words. How, what does it look like to live in the fear of God w- with how we speak, with how we use our words? Um, how do we craft our speech? If you go to the next picture... How do we think about our speech as if we're, we're crafting something beautiful um, so that it lines up with the grain of the universe, so that as we speak, we're making something good and beautiful and true, not sort of hacking against the grain with our words. So that's what we're going to think about. Um, but if uh, it's worth pausing, though, at that point and asking ourselves, if you were writing Proverbs, you know, if you were the wisest guy on earth writing these Proverbs down, what would you put as your number one topic? There's a whole lot of different things. You know, what do you need to tell people about living well in the world, living wisely? Um, all sorts of things, work, family life, money. But Proverbs does talk about all of those things, and we'll get to some of them. But maybe it's surprising to you, it's a bit surprising to me, to find out that the number one thing that Proverbs talks about is your words, is words, is how we speak. Um, more than any other single topic. It's constantly through it, constantly through it. And we'll, we'll kind of pick out some of them today, but there's many more that it talks about. Um, apparently, we speak about 10,000 words a day. I, I found it hard to get some stats on this. Some people think more, some people think less. Uh, there's been some studies shown, but uh, it, let's just halve it, right? Let's go conservative and say you speak 5,000 words a day, or maybe go for a tenth just go for a thousand words every day. You know, maybe you don't speak very much. Um, what, there are very few, I can't think of anything else that we do, apart from maybe breathing, which is like subconscious or something, anything conscious that we do that many times a day, a thousand times a day, at least 10,000, 10, maybe, maybe for you it's 20,000, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, there are very few things that we do a thousand times a day, let alone 10,000 times a day, very few things that we do that many that often, and what Proverbs says there's nothing, is that there's nothing else as powerful that we do. The tongue has the power of life and death. 
Proverbs 18.21. Isn't that a striking thing to say? Um, but I reckon all of us probably have some, can resonate with that on some level. Um, all of us, I, I would suspect, have some experience of this. Um, hurtful words. Hurtful words that get said years and years ago. <laughs> decades ago. That stay with you. That stay with you um, all through your life. Uh, on the other hand, though, the right word said at just the right time can have the most profound impact. Um, there's an author, American author, called Larry Crabb. He wrote this great little book. It's a little book. It's worth getting called Encouragement. He tells the story of when he was a kid. He had this strong stutter. He, was, he had a, a really strong stutter. He was terrified of speaking in public and getting in front of everyone. Uh, but he was in a church where kind of people were expected to do that. Um, and he found himself expected at one point to stand up and pray out loud. And he kind of uh, felt he kind of had to do that. He got up and he writes this. Um, Filled less with worship than with nervousness, I found my theology becoming confused to the point of heresy. I remember thanking the Father for hanging on the cross and praising Christ for triumphantly raising the spirit from the grave. Um, Stuttering throughout, I finally thought of the word amen, perhaps the first evidence of the Spirit's leading, said it and sat down. I recall staring at the floor, too embarrassed to look around, and solemnly vowing never again to pray or speak aloud in front of a group. When the service was over, I darted towards the door, not wishing to encounter an elder who might feel obliged to correct my twisted theology, but I was not quick enough. An older man named Jim intercepted me, put his arm on my shoulder, and cleared his throat to speak. And you can sort of feel like what he would be feeling. He'd be feeling about this big at this point, right? I remember thinking to myself, here, he, here, is, here it comes. Oh, well, just endure it and then get to the car. I listened to this godly gentleman speak words that I can repeat verbatim today more than 20 years later. Larry, he said, there's one thing I want you to know. Whatever you do for the Lord, I'm behind you 1,000%. Then he walked away. Even as I write these words, my eyes fill with tears. I have yet to tell that story to an audience without at least mildly choking. Those words were life words. They had power. They reached deep into my being. My resolve never again to speak publicly weakened instantly. Since the days those words were spoken, God has led me to a ministry in which I regularly address and pray before crowds of all sizes. I do it without stuttering. I love it. Not only death, but also life lies in the power of the tongue. Well, listen to how Proverbs puts it. We'll have some of them up on the screen. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Without wood, a fire goes out. Without a gossip, a quarrel dies down. As charcoal to embers and as wood to fire, so is a quarrelsome person for kindling strife. You see, all through there, you see the powerful images that Proverbs wants to use. 
to, to try and grip us and capture our imaginations and help us to get a sense, a feel for what's going on, how, for just how powerful our words can be. On the one hand, you see someone speaking and Proverbs says it can, it's like there's daggers flying out of their mouth, cutting into people <laughs> all around violently cutting into or on another hand on the other hand it can look a bit more subtle right just a few words uh, just a few quiet words just a little spark a little flame that can very quickly spread like wildfire and be devastating be devastating to people to communities so friends um, we need to watch out for the sparks that fly off our tongues Um, One of the most destructive forces, Proverbs is saying, in your work, in your family, in in this church family, is the socially acceptable sin of gossip. And you know, gossip is, or it's a bit complicated, but it's kind of like when you have an issue with someone, instead of going directly to them to talk about it and sort of have that kind of direct, mature communication, you you draw in a third party and uh, vent. (laughs) Or maybe you have... Um, information, uh, classified information or just sensitive information about someone that, uh, that others don't know and you share it around without their permission because uh, of the kind of feeling of specialness that it gives. We can, we can dress it up in pious language as just sharing prayer points, <laughs> but uh, it's easy to do, isn't it? It's so common, but Proverbs says it's, well, it's wicked actually. Um, when it takes root in our hearts, this kind of talk, especially in churches, in the f- well, anywhere actually, but in the family of God, purchased at the cost of Jesus' own blood. There is something far too sacred, far too beautiful, far too wonderful happening here. Uh, a community where sinners can come and meet Jesus and receive forgiveness be renewed, a community that can walk together as a light to the world. When gossip takes root in a community, it, it devastates all of that. It destroys, threatens to destroy the work of God among us. But there is an alternative, right? From the daggers and the wildfire, the spark, there is an alternative. And don't you love these images? Um, Words that flow out of the mouth of the righteous are a fountain of life. So you go from daggers flying out to this beautiful, life-giving fountain that just gives life to the people all around it. Pouring out life. Bringing healing instead of violence. Um, it's like, or the other, that, that, that's such rich image, isn't it? Like the sweetest honeycomb. Have you ever actually just picked off, got honeycomb just after it's kind of, you know, off, out of the hive or whatever? So sweet. Like the sweetest honeycomb. It just sinks right down to your bones and brings delight and life. Words are powerful. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Um, 
They are powerful, but they're not, they're not all there is to life. Proverbs is very realistic about words as well. Proverbs recognises that, and that's just a kind of quick point there. Um, it's possible to be all talk and no action, and that's what that pro proverb from chapter 14 is uh, on your handout there, but also up on the screen. All hard work brings a profit. So there's, um, there's value on, on hard work, and there's just a, a natural kind of consequence that it, it sort of lends itself to... Um, a prophet, but mere talk leads only to poverty. Um, what you know, it's got in mind is kind of our words do have their limits, especially if they're it's just mere talk. If it's kind of an excuse, maybe, um, or yeah. So uh, Proverbs recognizes that words do have their limit, but it also recognizes how complex our words are. Um, I think this is really helpful because it's, it's not, as, not as if we can just memorise a list of rules to follow and we'll always be wise speakers in every, any and every situation. Um, it's not black and white like that. Speaking wisely takes real thoughtfulness and discernment and it flows out of your character. Um, you, did you notice as Alex read that there's a couple of proverbs that seem to totally contradict each other in um, chapter 26 there? Do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you yourself will be just like him. Answer a fool according to his folly, or he will be wise in his own eyes. Now, what's going on there? Um, is that just a contradiction? It's obviously not. They're put there right next to each other on purpose. Um, there's times when someone's just looking to pick a fight, um, and there's no point in continuing the conversation because it just descends, you know. And if you are on social media at all, you'll see this all the time, okay. Uh, this is like um, Facebook 101. <laughs> uh, there are times when it's just not helpful for anyone and you find yourself being kind of dragged into this um, kind of conversation. But there are also times, there are other times, when it's right to call someone out, actually, to answer a fool. Uh, to point out the foolishness in what they're saying, and it's complex. Speaking wisely isn't just about, it's not just as if we can uh, you know, kind of have a list of the right things to say. Uh, it's deeper than that. It's about our character. It takes discernment, it takes intuition, uh, an intuition that's formed by God's word. Um, and we kind of, there's a sense in which we, we just feel our way through some, some situations. Um, which one is it going to be? Well, Commit it to the Lord, pray about it, and, and choose one of them. Um, okay, so words are powerful. They're, they're limited and complex. But what does the Proverbs say? What, what, what kind of picture does it paint about these life-giving words? If, if we're going to be those who have honeycomb coming out of our mouth, or maybe that's a bit of a weird image, if we're going to be those fountains who give life to the people around us, what does Proverbs, what does that look like? Well, there's this real value through Proverbs on honesty and truthfulness. Um, there's no place for, like, flattery or bending the truth. So I really noticed about, you know, um, the story I told at the start of Larry Crabb and the guy who came up to him, he, he didn't bend the truth. He, he didn't flatter Larry. He didn't say, oh, no, that was a great prayer. He, was, he, he didn't flatter, um, but he was much wiser than that. He, he encouraged. Um, but there's no place in Proverbs for this kind of flattery. So, uh, but we're so used to it, right, this, this deceptiveness. We, 
It's so easy to just accept little white lies as a way of life. Um, just read the news and you're kind of overwhelmed by it. It just seems to be the, the, the flow of our life. Um, but Proverbs says, honest, plain speech. That's, uh, that is wise speech. Direct speech as wise speech, and it's going to be noticed and appreciated. You notice that in, in um, the next one, kings take pleasure in honest lips. They value the one who speaks what is right. Or the next one, an honest answer is like a kiss on the lips. Um, that's, uh, an honest answer is um, a thing of great value and beauty and honesty and truthfulness. Uh, but wise speakers, Proverbs says, are also going to know how when to hold their tongue, um, the value of holding our tongues. And it makes sense, right? If what we've just looked at is true, if our words are so powerful, um, wise speakers are going to be careful with them. We're going to be careful with them. Um, now, at this point, I need some help. So I'm going to pause the kind of sermon proper and I need some, one of the kids to come and help me. Um, so this is to illustrate this, all right? I have a tube of toothpaste. Who wants... Okay. Harry. It's all right if you don't. I need someone to help me with this. Come on, come on up. Okay. So, I've got a competition for you, Harry. Come over here. Oh, no, you can stay there. All right. Hold the toothpaste. Now, I'm going to count to five, but your competition is to see how much toothpaste you can squeeze out of there in five, in five seconds. Okay? Can you do it? All right. Onto there, not onto the floor. Okay? Ready? Ready, set, go. One, two, three, four. Five. Okay, stop. All right, now the next bit of the competition, there's another bit. The next bit of the competition is, I'm gonna, I'll be a bit generous, I'll give you seven seconds. Okay, now you have to see how much toothpaste you can get back into the tube in seven seconds. Ready, go. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You can't do it, can you? Can we give Harry a clap? That was, <laughs> well done, mate. So, that's a bit confusing, but you know what the, the point is? You can sit down. Thanks, mate, look at that. You know what the point is? Once you squeeze the toothpaste out of the tube, can you get it back in? No, you can't. Once your words come out of your mouth, can you get them back in? No, we can't. We can't get them back in. And so Proverbs says, why the wise people will be thought, will be careful with our words. Um, next one up there. Even, and this is, this is a great encouragement to me, right? Even fools are thought-wise if they keep silence and discerning if they hold their tongues. Um, those who guard their lips preserve their lives, but those who speak rashly will come to ruin. The one who has knowledge uses words with restraint, and whoever has understanding is even-tempered. To answer before listening, that is folly and shame. And look down at 1528, uh, on the page, it's a few down. There's a picture of this careful, thoughtful use of words versus this, uh, uh, the opposite of that is like unconstrained gushing. The heart of the righteous weighs its answers, but the mouth of the wicked gushes evil. It's like this unconstrained gushing out. Um, it's possible to speak too much. Um, uh, in our culture, we we value the right to just say whatever we want. That's our right, right? 
When you come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, you surrender that right. Yeah, he, you're not, he, he is the Lord of your, of your tongue. Some of us do. It's partly personality, but even personalities need to come under the training and instruction of God's wisdom. It may be that you see that in yourself. I suspect all of us on some level. I'm speaking too rashly, too confidently. Um, or did you notice that as we read through that uh, that's to answer before listening, that is folly and shame. How often do I do that? To, uh, when you find yourself, someone's sharing something, a problem with you, and you just find yourself thinking about what you're gonna, <laughs> how you're going to reply, or you just listen enough to give the answer that you want rather than listening to actually really understand where they're coming from. Um, wise people who speak words that give life who use their tongues in a way that lines up with the grain of the universe. They know how powerful each word can be. They know the fear of the Lord. And they guard their tongues. They use words with restraints. They, they, they still use words. It's really important to say that. This isn't a call to kind of uh, silence. Uh, it's not calling us to go and uh, live in silence. It's a call to train our mouths to become these kind of life-giving fountains. And when you see that, it's so good. That's what it goes on to say here in 15.23. A person finds joy in giving an apt reply. How good is a timely word? An apt, an apt reply that just hits the nail on the head. That timely word that comes just at the right time. Often it's like words, uh, uh, you might have said something to someone and you've totally forgotten it. It's off the cuff sometimes. This has come out. That's a real encouragement that God can use that even in people's lives. But uh, that kind of timely word, how good it is. Well, one more, one more thing that comes out in Proverbs. Wise words are gentle words. I remember learning this, my dad teaching me this when I was a kid. It's a bit of a real gift, actually, this proverb. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. There's so much wisdom in that, isn't there? A gentle answer. So it's so helpful. You're in, you're, you're in the heated situation. Uh, things are getting tense. And we have a, you, have, you have a choice to be that kind of calming presence or an inflaming one. Uh, and the, the Proverbs are saying, answer with gentleness and in general you'll find things calm down. Um, but let your anger get the better of you. Reply with that frustrated shout or that subtle under the breath cutting remark. And you know it, right? You know it just stirs the pot. It makes things worse. It inflames the situation. So powerful, our tongues. Power that leads to death or power that leads to life. Um, in the big story of the Bible, our words have such power because we're made in the image of the God who speaks everything into existence. We're made in the image of this God whose words himself create whose words are much more powerful than ours. Uh, and it's when we put these proverbs, this whole thing, in the context of that bigger story of the Bible, that we have 
just such good news for foolish speakers. This is, all, you know, I, I suspect a lot of us here are feeling a bit exposed. I, I certainly am. But friends, there is good news for those of us who find ourselves speaking foolishly. Proverbs is shown, Proverbs, what Proverbs does, it shows us the grain of the universe, the way things were created to be. Um, but it is a grain that in our sin we all, we all go against. Um, you with your words, perhaps you've pierced people, deceived people, um, used your words to puff yourself up. Maybe you've started fires. On the flip side, maybe you've been pierced, been deceived, been burned by other people. We, as we think about our, our words, our tongues, we need both forgiveness and healing. We need a fresh start and a new life. And we find both in the only one who never, ever said a single foolish word. Um, just like we saw last week, Jesus uh, is not just a wise person. He is wisdom made flesh. Um, his proverbs in flesh. Just like that. Well, here Jesus himself uh, is the word made flesh. That's the reading that we had that Alex read out for us. The word, the powerful word of the Father who fully and truly reveals God to humanity. The one who always spoke full of both grace and truth. That's a nice way to summarise um, Proverbs, isn't it? To speak to each other with both grace and truth. The one who always did that perfectly. Whose words... I mean, if you want to look at a life-giving fountain, just read the Gospels of Jesus and see the way he just... He, he, he was that fountain to everyone around him. It's not just his words, though. What he came to do is the ultimate life-giving fountain as he bears our foolishness in himself on the cross, as he, with his last breath, was his last word, it is finished as he dies on the cross. It is finished, and as he rises to new life, as Jesus as the Lord of all, when he rises to new life, Jesus gives his disciples a new word to speak. A new word to speak to each other. A new word to speak to the world. The word of the gospel. See, in the biggest picture of the Bible, it is the gospel. This news of forgiveness through Jesus, of a fresh start, of life and hope. It is the gospel that is the ultimate grain of the universe. That's the way, that's reality. It is the living and enduring word of God which causes people to be born again to eternal life. And so friends, for us, the, the wisest, most life-giving thing you can use your powerful words to talk about is ultimately this gospel. It doesn't mean 
kind of becoming super religious in everything you say and sort of being awkward in conversations. It's not talking about that. God is the God of all of life. He loves small talk because he made small things. Um, there's a beauty in small talk, in sharing just people ordinarily sharing the, the details of life. But wise small talk is, is talk that's grounded in the big talk, actually. Talk that's grounded in the gospel. And we'll seek to, in, in whatever capacity you have, which, with whatever words you do have, we'll seek to be someone who bears witness to the word who has given you life, who forgives you, who brings healing to your soul, who invites you to grow wise as you follow him and as you use your powerful words in his service. I want to just finish, friends, by speaking the gospel, actually. Um, there are lots of things that you can say to someone, wise words. You can say, I'm with you. Far better to say, well, that's good, it's a good thing to say and to mean it. Uh, but you know what you can say always, even if you're not going to be with them? God is with you. God is with you. He's with you, and you can know that because of Jesus. Um, God loves you. Um, if you're trusting in Christ, you are his beloved and precious child. His word is life and has given you life and gives you a certain hope for eternal life with him. Friends, it's the gospel that is the most precious and wisest word that we can say to each other. So let's be gospel people. Let's be wise people with how we speak. So much to um, sort of uh, get our heads around and get, you know, kind of let sink into our hearts today, isn't there? Um, I'm just going to pray for us that God will help us to do that. And then we can respond in song. Let's pray. Lord, we do confess our foolishness to you, and we, each of us knows ways in which we've used our words, even today, this morning, as we're driving into the car or as we're getting ready for church. Um, each of us knows uh, our weakness and our failures in this area. We confess them to you, and we thank you that you promise those who come to you in repentance and faith receive uh, your complete forgiveness and uh, that united to Christ. Um, we are in reality your children. Uh, we pray, Father, that you might teach us, teach us how to use our words to give life. Um, help us from today onwards to uh, have that awareness of just how powerful our words can be. Um, help us to, each of us, wherever we're at, to just think wisely about how we can um, speak carefully, uh, how we can speak words that give life and not take life. Um, we pray that our community, our church family, might be a, a community that does that, Lord, that you do that in, that by your spirit you, um, you make us this kind of speaking community. And we ask, Father, that that might just shine out into each other's hearts, into the hearts of many people, that they might see the truth and beauty and goodness of the gospel. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.